if you were listening on the last show, you would have heard um, trains. <laughs> I have lived by the tracks for so many years that I didn't actually hear the train passing by when I was recording this last show until I was listening to it after it uploaded. Um, the sound of trains at the tracks. Yeah, I blocked it all out, so I was kind of laughing when I was listening to the show about the track and. Yeah, definitely we have the um, long trains coming through here, I, I guess. And um, I'm two blocks from the train track, and I'm going to guess that we're looking at a couple mile long trains, probably heavily loaded with <laughs> chemicals. Anyways, so welcome. Thank you for joining me. And before I get started, um, there's a lot of controversy over this business of did Satan eat the apple, the Eve, and all that kind of stuff in the Garden of Eden. Don't really know the answers to that, but I will be talking in detail about the Satan, the S, the snakes, and all of that. Um, but before I get started, I want to clear up a couple of things. Um, oh, this is in the news. RFK Jr. is now running for President of the United States. Now, isn't that swell? I think that you know, all the Kennedys are transgendered, right? I have pictures of pretty much most of them over on my website, psychopathinyourlife.com. Click on Elite Transgenders. I think what makes them look familiar to each other, even though they're really not familiar, right? Because um, they all have those big teeth, right? Because they put in jaw implants and those big teeth, and the Kennedys appear to have a penchant for those big teeth, right? Because that's all you really see when you look at one of those people is those teeth. Um, so yeah, because what they do is they describe themselves as looking marvelously close to their, oh look, Jackie is the spitting image of her so-and-so, right? They, they, they trick our eyes with words and how they describe these people. So anyway, so... But RFK Jr., he has that voice that has trouble talking. And before you go after me for making fun of people talking, he has that voice, I believe, I believe, and I'm not sitting here wearing a white coat, but I believe he has that voice from hormones, okay? He also has a cousin who has that same voice. So if you go over and look at those pictures, you will see that those hormones attack that entire throat area, right? And that's why you hear a lot of these people, like for example, the Kardashians. I got that valley girl talk. It's the fry, it's called a vocal fry. And that is coming from hormones. I mean, as a matter of fact, when I'm scanning around some days, my ears by the end of the day from, uh, let's see, all that kind of noise that they make. But anyway, so you get the picture. So anyway, so go look at the pictures over there. Decide for yourself. It's a freak show. Okay, and in the past, I have been talking about the base in Germany that grew into Africa. And because I have offhandedly referred to it as, oh, you know, that base in Germany, I wanted to give you the exact name because the name has meaning, right? Because my belief that after World War II, everybody thought, hey, 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 that's all done. Got that stuff all taken care of. Human experiments are done. I believe it went off in two distinct directions. One direction was the United States, and the other direction is Africa. God forbid what's going on with those poor people in Africa. But anyway, so yes, right after World War II, the base in Germany 
that expanded into Africa. It always helps to have the correct names. It is called Ramstein, okay, R-A-M-S-T-E-I-N Airbase. And the reason I'm making a big deal about clearing up this name is the names are what's going to give you the keys to looking further, okay? So you want to know the name Ramstein Air Base, okay? That's in Germany, in southwest Germany. It serves as headquarters for the U.S. Air Forces of Europe and the U.S. Air Force Africa, okay? U.S. Africa, that's the key thing. And also for NATO, Allied Air Command is also in Ramstein. So why am I bringing up just old stupid names? Well, because it has kind of a funny meaning to it. <laughs> Everything is coded in these people's world, right? Okay, Ram, Steen. What does Ram mean? Well, oh, let me do Steen first, Stein first. Stein, I don't know, I couldn't find much on Stein. Stein is a beer mug that's highly decorated in Germany. Beer Stein, S-T-E-I-N. Um, in German, though, Stein also means stone or rock. Now, they like those rock or stone names because you'll notice that you have black rock, black stone. So that stone means something to these people, right? Okay, so in German, Stein means stone. So that, that solves part of the Ramstein airbase question, right? So what does Ram mean, R-A-M? Well. It could mean a computer memory thing. RAM is a form of volatile memory, which means that it only holds onto data while the chip is powered and erases everything when you shut down the PC. So that is another form of RAM, okay? But um, these people are big into RAMs, right? <laughs> All the goat images and stuff. Well, Ram also means an uncastrated male sheep. So, deities depicted with horns or antlers are found in many religions around the world. In religions that venerate animal deities, such as, um, trying to get this so I can watch it. Oh, I can't. Okay. Okay, such as animal deities, horned bulls. That's why you see that bull out in front of Wall Street. The big bull, the charging bull. Was it Merrill Lynch that has a big charging bull? Goats and rams may be worshipped as deities or serve as the inspiration for a deity's appearance. Many pagan religious religions include horned gods in their pantheons, such as Pan, P-A-N, the one I've been talking about extensively in the past. Pan comes out of Greek mythology. And some neo-pagan religions have construed, constructed these deities as the horned god, okay, representing the male part of the du-aesthetic du theological system. So one part of the system. Everything is dual here, right? And Abrahamic religions, horned deities, are closely associated with demonology. Demons, okay? Christian demons are described as having horns in the book of Revelations. And other demons, such as Satan, Baphomet, and Beelzebub, are typically portrayed with horns, okay? Oh. 
And in their love for all things, I got to take a break from the horn business here because um, I didn't move this out of the way. Um, in the past, I've talked about this obelisk, you know, the penis symbol. I thought the tallest obelisk was in Rome. Okay, they have an Egyptian obelisk that was erected in Rome. Okay, in St. John's Lateran. Um, the tallest one, the largest oblique, now I don't know if this means also tall, but the largest, and these things all mean a big deal to these people, okay? And remember, Washington, D.C. is the power structure of the military. Vatican is the sciences and the Rome and all that deal. And then we have um, City of London, okay? So it's kind of a big deal that the largest obelisk in existence is the Washington Monument in Washington, D.C. It stands 169 meters or 565, no, 555 feet tall and was completed in 1884 to honor George Washington, the first president of the United States. So that's the update on the obliques. <laughs> Got to keep all these facts straight. Today I'm going to be talking a lot about the letter S, 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 and it has to do also with snakes. There are some people that think that we came from chimpanzees and stuff, and that may be where we got some fear of snakes from, but I pretty much do not believe that we came from chimpanzees. So if you believe that we came from apes, then you might want to look a little bit closer at the snake deal, but I'm looking at the snake deal from the relationship from what actual humans <laughs> think about snakes okay and I also think that it also would depend on you know how we were raised for example because my mom was raised on a homestead in Montana I've spoke about that before she was absolutely not afraid of snakes so I wasn't raised with any screaming fear of snakes um, but some people have some pretty serious fears of snakes and um, I started talking about snakes a few years ago because why do all the medical people wear snakes? Why do all the people in charge of eugenics around the entire world have snakes in their logos? There are snakes for doctors. There are snakes for nurses. There are snakes for um, ambulance people. There are snakes for emergency people. And outside of that group of people, they're the only ones wearing the snakes, okay? Just saying, okay. But if you're afraid of snakes, you would have this condition called ophiopia. It's O-P-H-I-D-I-O-P-H-O-B-I-A. Everything has to be a phobia, right? Um, because snakes belong to the suborder of serpentes or ophidia. So because they're also called snakes, they're also called ophidians or serpents. So those are the three words we're looking for, right? Snakes are basically, in the Bible they talk about snakes losing their legs. This stuff is all kind of, well, people who study the Bible will be able to make more sense about what I'm going to be talking about that I will really be making more sense of, right? So in general, a snake is a long, limbless reptile which has no eyelids, a short tail, and jaws that are capable of considerable extension. Some snakes have a venomous bite. Serpents, ophidians, snakes can also be a treacherous or deceitful person. That man is a cold-blooded snake. 
They can also be thought of as a traitor, a turncoat, betrayer, informer, backstabber. Those are all the things we think about when we think about snakes, right? In some cultures, snakes are considered as symbols of fer fertility, rebirth, guardianship, medicine, and vengefulness, okay? The serpent or snake is one of the oldest and most widespread mythological symbols. The word is derived from Latin serpens, a crawling animal or snake. Snakes have been associated with some of the oldest rituals known to mankind and represent dual expression of good and evil. In some cultures, snakes were fertility symbols. For example, the Hopi people of North America did annual snake dance to celebrate these different things. Um, and there was a thing called Snake Girl, an underworld spirit to renew the fertility of nature. During the dance, live snakes were handled. And at the end of the dance, the snakes were released into the fields to guarantee good crops. The snake dance is a prayer to the spirits of the clouds, the thunder, and the lightning, that the rain may fall on the growing crops. Crops. To the Hopi, snakes symbolize the umbilical cord, joining all humans to Mother Earth. The great goddess often had snakes at her familiars, sometimes twirling, <clears throat> excuse me, sometimes twining around her sacred staff as in ancient Crete, as they were worshipped as guardians of her myst mysteries of birth and regeneration. But some of these people argue that as primates, that gives us thing about snakes, but frankly, I'm not really interested in talking about us being primates. So, um, we have been significantly influenced by movies. A couple of movies I want to point out here would be, and these movie, <clears throat> movies were likely, you know, they tell us that they were blockbuster sellers and all that, but remember, that's just what we're hearing, right? That's not necessarily reality. Because the idea of a big, big cinematic movie would be to create a certain image in our minds about certain historical events, right? And two, I'd like to point you to, because I'm right now I'm watching that movie from the last show, The uh, Birth of a Nation. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm about 30 minutes in, and hordes of black men are descending on these white women. So... Yeah, so movies become a very um, interesting way that they were able to program us without really hauling us onto a bed and strapping us down, right? The one I'd like to point you to, the biggest one, is Gone with the Wind. It's a 1939 epic historical romance, okay, developed from the 1936 novel by Margaret Mitchell. So, Gone with the Wind is a huge, huge deal in this country, and I believe the purpose was to instill certain messages. And while I'm on the subject of Gone with the Wind, um, Clark Gable played Rhett Butler, right, in Gone with the Wind. I saw something the other day that Clark Gable may or may not have, I, I didn't go and check it out any further, may have also played um, Dwight Eisenhower, our famous war general. <laughs> Just had to throw that out there. So anyway, so we had Gone with the Wind, 
and that came along in 1939. And 1939 was an absolute, absolute blockbuster of movies. All of them came out around that era. The Wizard, all the Wizard of Oz, all of them. Okay, Goodbye, Mr. Chips was my particular favorite. Goodbye, Mr. Chips is a movie that you really should watch. Okay, a brilliant British movie. But anyway, so yeah, so that whole era they were cranking out movies like crazy and i used to believe they probably did them in that era but i mean really <laughs> did they really do them all in 1939 <laughs> who knows right <laughs> i used to think it was because they were so smart and talented but it's because they're so devious and crafty right <laughs> so, so anyway so we had gone with the wind but then another one which really stuck into my brain there was a movie called how the west was won it's a 1962 American epic Western film. And that movie, we were living in Spain at the time, and it was this new panorama. It was three-panel three panel panorama projection. You start to see how these work. So these movies that they're really influencing us also have other bells and whistles. And this one had this huge screen thing that we'd never seen before. So I think we saw that movie about a dozen times. We really were free-range kids back then because we would have had to go from the base housing, which was outside of Madrid, hop on a bus, cruise into Madrid, go watch the movies. And I think, you know, we'd go in there at nighttime. We were like nine or ten years old. <laughs> they knew where we were going. They just had a clue. We were going in some direction. But, yeah, so How the West Was Won was a huge, huge, huge deal, okay? And that movie also was selected for preservation because it's culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Well, it's probably a path of lies, right? But this is how they've been packaging some of this stuff, right? Okay, so. I forgot in the last show, how did I get into the Ku Klux Klan? <laughs> well, interestingly enough, I started out looking at flags for some reason. I don't know, I, I never really get bored. Um, and I was cruising around, and what I was looking for were identified things, right? I was focused on flags and the letter S, 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 right? Why was I focused on flags and the letter S? Well, because <clears throat> I was starting to see a lot of connections between flags and the letter S, okay? For example, they like that letter S, right? Because before we had the CIA, we had the OSS. Okay, we also have USSR, right? Um, we also had uh, the Secret Service in Washington, D.C. that protects the president, and I guess they would get you if you tried to copy money or something, right? Um, so a lot, a lot to do with S's, right? And so this is how I start wandering onto this path here. So you'll have to kind of stick with me here because it will start to make sense. And I believe that we're all being directed. It's just that the frustrating part is that most people aren't really listening. So working in the silence, I just started off looking at maps, right? <laughs> Not maps, flags. Yeah, colors of flags. Because I thought the Red China deal, okay? If Red China is part of the Cold War, just like Russians became the red communists, right? Why'd they all pick the color red? I mean, if your enemy was really that, would you pick your enemy's color? Well, of course not. It's the color that ties these people together, right? So, let me start off with a little background here. Like I said, on this Bible stuff, I am very fuzzy, okay? Supposedly, Satan 
entered the serpent, a real creature, for the purpose of deceiving Eve. The tempter used his craftiness to cause them to sin. God permitted Adam and Eve to be tested, but he certainly did not encourage them to sin or force them to sin. They could have resisted the temptation if they so desired. Ultimately, it was their fault. Okay, so they always talk about Satan as a serpent, okay? But so it said that Satan, remember the Bible is to me, it's just a jumble of words, okay? But so I'm reading this. It says, Satan is called a serpent, not once, but three times in the book of Revelation. When combined with Paul's words in Corinthians, the identification of the serpent in Genesis 3 with Satan is unmistakable. And Revelations 12, colon 9. So the great dragon, and remember we're seeing all these dragons all over the place too, right? So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Well, it looks to me like that's who we're hanging around with, right? Him and their angels. And angels, remember, are the, also wear the halo. And the halo is the halo of Saturn, right? It goes on to say, we see an obvious parallel here with Genesis 3. It says that Satan is called that serpent of old, that he was punished, cast out, and that he presently deceives the whole world. Remember that Adam and Eve were even the whole world of humanity at the time of the fall. Revelation also calls Satan a serpent and speaks of his punishment again. This time he will be bound and thrown into the bottomless pit for a thousand years so that he will not be able to deceive the nations. Satan's work of deception began in the Garden of Eden and has continued worldwide ever since then. And they say that only Christians can escape can escape Satan's deception? Well, I'm not sure that's a good answer, but I think <laughs> it leads you right into Satan's hands. But thinky, thinky for yourselves here. Okay, finally in Genesis 3, we read of God's curse upon the serpent and the promise of a savior from the seed of the woman. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle, and more than every beast of the field, on your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. The prediction of enmity, it's E-N-M-I-T-Y, is called hatred and warfare between the seeds, in some sense, offspring or descendant of the woman and of the serpent makes no sense if the serpent was merely a physical animal. The seed of the woman is a future male child. If only serpents and natural human descendants are in view here, then that means that snakes are doomed to go around biting men in the heels 
and then getting their heads crushed. Given the verses in Revelation and Cornethians, this obviously is not the intent of the prophecy. Orthodox Christians have always understood this to be the first prophecy of the Messiah, who would be the Savior of the world. Satan did bruise Jesus on the heel, so to speak, by moving men to crucify him. But it was only a temporary wound, for he rose from the dead. But the same act by which Satan thought he had defeated Jesus Christ was the very act by which Jesus destroyed the power of Satan and his resurrections was the proof and seal of that victory. One day the full result of that victory will be realized when Satan's head will be crushed in the sense that he will be cast out into the lake of fire where he will be tormented day and night forever. That's Revelations 20. He condemned all snakes to crawl on their bellies, but if all created kinds had not changed since creation, that they must have been doing that anyway. So mankind were the only ones punished. So these are saying that the snake was already doing their thing. Okay, in this S business, where do we have S's? How about the swastika? That's square, some square S's, right? The word swastika comes from the Sanskrit, which means good fortune or well-being. It is an ancient symbol in the form of equal armed cross with each arm continued at a right angle, used specifically in South Asia as a symbol of good luck and spirituality. The swastika was also used as a decorative motif in ancient Greece and Rome. However, it was hijacked by Nazi Germany and became a symbol of hate and genocide. So, to me, the Nazi swastika looks like S's, right? And then I was, um, <laughs> I, I don't know, sometimes this stuff just popped up and I thought, where was I? What was I looking at? Well, <laughs> you know, I've been talking so much about Saturn, right? And... Um, I was using that little Bing program over on um, Microsoft, and uh, I can't remember what I keyed in. I was looking for something to do with Saturn. <laughs> I came up with the weirdest thing. There's this word, and it's called, uh, and remember, they're the ones who come up with all these words, okay? And I believe that we're being poisoned in our brains currently with smart meters and electricity, right, and our food. But also, we're being poisoned from lead, right? This, the United States is a very dangerous country to be playing this game board on. There's <laughs> all the lead pipes here. <laughs> so, the strangest thing, because lead poisoning also makes you go goofy in the head. See, for the longest time, I've been thinking, and you're going to think, why is she talking about lead pipes now? Well, because this is another big thing that I've been thinking about for a very long time. Where did we get all these crazy people from in this country? You know, what's making all of us collectively go crazy, right? Is it the food? Is it the water? Is it what's in the air? I mean, you have to admit that people in this country are a bit different, right? I mean, let, let's, let's call a spade a spade, right? So, so it's been a mystery to me. So that's why now I'm talking about lead in the middle of this S business. Because I was looking into S's and... Do you realize that there's a word called Saturnism? S-A-T-U-R-N, 
Saturn, right? I-S-M. So you're thinking, what in the heck does Saturnism mean? Like, you love Saturn so much? No, actually, it's interesting because <laughs> Saturnism, and you remember, when these things pop up in front of me, I always pay attention to them because I'll be just buzzing along and these things will show up and I'll think, well, wait a minute, <laughs> what did that just say? Okay, and because of how they love to clue everything with, with numbers and letters and stuff, right? And this was a crazy part. I really had to do it. I had to look three times to make sure I had Saturnism spelled correctly, right? Saturnism is a term used to describe lead poisoning. It comes from the alchemic, alchemic name for lead, which is thought to have lead-like properties. So <laughs> this word Saturn also connects to lead. And I don't know, um, just humor me for a bit here, okay? So... Then I stopped what I was doing, obviously, and started looking into lead. <laughs> so, because I was so surprised when I kept looking at Saturnism. <laughs> the next words were lead. I kept thinking, where am I reading this? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so lead. It's just, yeah, so why would they use that same word? And lead paint was used as early as 4th century BC, but it became more popular in the modern times for its durability, washability, and capacity. It was the main type of paint for house exteriors between 1960 and 1990. <laughs> it was banned from residential use in 1999 in the United States and Canada due to the harms caused to health. Well, <laughs> so I thought, well, this is interesting that they give this Saturnism a name for lead, which kind of does it all these same things as radiation business does, right? So, was lead the precursor to radiating our homes with smart meters? I, I, it's just something to think about, right? So let me continue on here. Until the 1970s, lead was a common additive in gasoline and household paints. But now scientists... <laughs> but now <clears throat> scientists agree that no amount of lead in a child's blood is considered safe. In kids, even low levels of lead exposure can cause behavior and learning problems. And I was reading this, and I'm thinking, now, wait a minute here. Was lead the first crazy-making thing before they got to the radiation part? I mean, it really is something to think about, right? And then it went on to say, um, in adults, it's associated with high blood pressure and kidney problems, and there's evidence it can affect a developing fetus. Corrosive water running through lead pipes in Flint, Michigan. You want to look for Flint, F-L-I-N-T, Michigan, and then you find all you want to know about lead pipes. And you'll also notice the population there just happens to be black. So, Flint, Michigan's interesting. They they also stole, uh, oh, I don't know, they stole millions of people's homes, poor people's homes. Poor people struggled to pay for their home, and they stole it. <laughs> just stole it. And then they don't have money to pay them back. That place is just pathetic. But anyways, it has to do with racism in this country. So, um, corrosive oh, led to Flint, Michigan, led to a public health crisis, which is still, to this day, Flint does not have clean water. Okay. Okay, that, I guess because it was in a black area, kind of like Mississippi, it led to a public health crisis, signaled in part by a rise in the amount of lead in children's blood. 
Conditions in Flint were particularly disastrous, but lead pipes continued to bring water to homes in much of the country. And wherever lead plumbing is in place, there is a risk that small amounts of the metal could leach into drinking water. Well, yeah, it is in all of our water. And they have come up with this plan that I'm not going to get into it now, but <laughs> listen, if you hear about them going to fix these lead pipes, pay attention to how they're planning on fixing it because it sounds lethal and deadly to me, but I don't have time for it all right now, but okay. So then I found this article by Reuters. They said that examination of lead testing results across the country found that 3,000 areas with poisoning rates far higher than in the tainted Michigan city. Yet many of these lead hotspots are receiving little attention or funding. Um, this, um, this is a story from Missouri. On a sunny November afternoon in this historic city, birthplace of the Pony Express and death spot of Jesse James, this woman watched her son, Kadeen, dig in the front yard. As he played, she scolded him for putting his fingers in his mouth. In explanation, she pointed to the peeling paint on her old house, Kadeen said. She said the child had been diagnosed with lead poisoning. He has lots of company. Within 15 blocks of his house, at least 120 small children have been poisoned since 2010, making the neighborhood among the most toxic in Missouri. Reuters found as part of an analysis of childhood lead testing results across the country. In St. Joseph, even a local pediatrician's children were poisoned. Last year, and this was just a couple of years ago, I'm sorry I don't have the exact date here, Last year, the city of, well, it's been probably about over five years. The city of Flint, Michigan burst into the world spotlight after its children were exposed to lead and drinking water and some were poisoned. And also Obama flew there and did a really, um, well, Obama flew to Flint, Michigan and acted like he drank the water. Go watch the clip. If, if, if you want to watch a psychopath in action, watch Obama in Flint, Michigan, acting like he's drinking that water, okay? He even said, I'm not, go watch it, okay? Uh, so, uh, so, in the year after Flint switched to corrosive river water that leached lead from old pipes, 5% of the children screened there had high blood levels. But see, you don't, you don't want to pay too close attention to these numbers because they're probably much, much higher. And if you don't screen for things, you're not going to get the results. How did the United States become the gold standard for embryos and fetuses and surrogates by never doing any studies and tricking everybody? Maybe I'll get back to there, but yeah. Okay. So, um, Flint, in fact, it doesn't even rank among the most dangerous lead hotspots in America. But everybody figured, oh, that's just those black people over in Flint now, didn't they? Okay. Um, more than 1,000 of these communities had a high rate of elevated blood tests, four times higher than Flint. Okay, the po here's the poison places. The poison places on this map stretch from Warren, Pennsylvania, a town on the Allegheny River. So 
here's the other thing. Near all these rivers, there really aren't many reporting structures for them dumping these toxics into the water, okay? So I'm not going to be going more and more on just lead stuff, but you get the idea. Okay, so let's get it to the flag business. I looked at flags, okay? There's only... Primary colors are red, blue, and yellow, okay? Green is only a primary color of light, but not pigment, okay? So we're looking at red, blue, and yellow as primary colors. So after I went and looked at a million flags, <laughs> then I found this kid who'd done this um, short YouTube show on um, popular flag colors. <laughs> I could have saved myself a lot of work. <laughs> but anyway, so um, there's like a hundred, well, there's, there's a little bit under 200 countries in the world, okay? Um, using red, 154 of them, 80% use the color red, okay? And the color white, which is another satanic red, white, you know, all that stuff, um, 143 of those flags, or 74%. So, you know, of the red, white, and blue, you have 80% of them are using red, 74% are using white, and 52% are using blue. So obviously all of these flags <laughs> lean very heavily toward the red scale, right? Because like in China you got that big red flag with the red thing because in all these red things, okay, because we have the term red China <laughs> was used to refer to communist controlled China from 1927 to 1949. Um, we had the, um, some people, um, some people uh, believe that red is so prominent in the Russian and Chinese flags because it relates to the blood of the workers. That is to honor the suffering and sacrifices of the, of the population. No, I don't think that is, um, because a popular slogan under Mao was, um, the East is red. China was the East China. Slogan in China was, the East is red. So why are they calling themselves red, right? In Soviet Russia, they had a red army. The flags and communism, <clears throat> communism, Russia, and China are both red, right? The term red and red scare was the fear of communism. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, red. Red. Lots of red. Everybody's in on the red color. Okay, it just I'm just pointing this out because if for a minute you start to think, hey, are they really all working together? Well, yeah, I would think they're all working together. Um, so, the identification of communism with socialism, which is red, with the red flag being the primary color. Uh, so, uh, and the red star, the flag of the Soviet Union, and the red star being a communist emblem. <clears throat> led to such Cold War phrases as the Red Menace and the Red China. <laughs> red is a prominent color in Russia culture and history. The red word, the Russian word for red, Kransi, K-R-A-N, no, K-R-A-S-N-I. Remember those K words, Cronus, all of those things, was in the past used to describe something beautiful, good, or honorable. And in Russia, Kronzi is used to indicate something that is red in color and or beautiful. Yeah. 
Um, many important and cultural artifacts still reflect the combined usage of the word in a name that incorporates this root. So yeah, they also had, remember they had, uh, I was just, I just came up with a few red words. They had uh, red square was over in Russia, right? <laughs> I think you get the message here, right? This red certainly does seem to connect, <clears throat> connect them all, right? Because we see red as a symbolism of communism. The Bolsheviks appropriated the color red to symbolize the blood of the workers and the red flag of the Soviet Union. So yeah, red. In Russia, they actually have red eggs. What are, are Russian Easter traditions? Symbolize Christ's resurrection. But red eggs were present in Russia even in pagan times. <laughs> The only ingredient necessary for red Easter dye is the skin of red onions. Well, that's interesting. Also, red roses. Everybody's talking about red roses, right? Um, Russians used a lot of red in their folk costumes, and women in women's clothes are popular in red. So, yeah, I think that red has nothing to do with the workers and everything to do with the um, tie to Saturn. The color red has been associated with communism since the Paris Commune of 1871. The red so prominent in the Russian and Chinese flags today are believed to relate to the blood of workers, but I do not believe that for a second. Communist China adopted the red flag following the Chinese Revolution in, of 1949. It was adopted by North Vietnam in 1954 and by all of Vietnam in 1975. Since red is the color of blood, it was historically seen with sacrifice, danger, and courage. Well, sacrifice is interesting because what is what is war about? Well, to me, war is a blood blood ritual, right? One of their blood rituals. You don't get more blood rituals than a war where you can kill innocent children and women and stuff, right? The identification of communism with socialists, red. Um, led to such Cold War phases, phrases as the Red Menace, Red China. So yeah, red, 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 right? Okay. Um, so I think I told you enough about red flags. And here we get into the Bible stuff. So. Um, there's all this talk about over the Middle East, this ISIS I-S-I-S, ISIS. -I -S, ISIS. Um, and I'll just read this piece because like I said before, I don't understand it really, but it makes sense, right? So I found the piece that I could kind of get my brain wrapped around a little bit being a non-Bible reader. So let me read this piece. There's a, a serpent goddess named Isis, okay? It is, and I, I had to look at a million places because everybody had different ideas, okay? But this is the one that I think kind of makes sense, okay? The serpent goddess Isis is the same person as biblical Eve who spoke to the serpent in the Garden of Eden. They're both the mother of all humankind. According to the biblical tale of human origins, the serpent is a symbol of evil because Eve and the serpent caused the fall of man downward from a pristine state of grace. 
According to monotheism, the awakening of humankind from pristine grace was the great evil that Eve wrought upon humankind. Evolution is evil. Evil evolved out of the vulva of Eve. Evolution was Eve's great sin from which she and the serpent have been bitterly reviled. Paganism holds the opposite view. Evolution was Isis's greatest virtue. Isis didn't cause the fall of man downward from a pristine state of grace. Isis raised humankind upward from a pristine state of ignorance. Wisdom evolved out of the womb of Isis. Twice wise, Isis is the ancestral mother of these species, twice wise Homo sapien sapiens. What it all means? I uh, can't help you out. I really, uh, it, it's making sense, okay? So then I was looking to the other thing to understand is S business and just double wisdom stuff, right? So I found this piece and it's talking about the capital S is a picture of the sacred asp of Isis, okay? Just stick with me. It'll start to make sense here in a minute. Okay. Isis was twice wise. She was the goddess of double wisdom. The sacred asp of I, it's ASP of Isis was her double wisdom icon. The name Isis is derived from two hisses of the sacred asp, ASP. Isis was the mother of Heru, the hawk god. The name Heru is derived from the er, er, er. That's you are, you are, you are. The whirring, whir, whirring sound of hawk's wings. Ashur was the defined, defied ancestor of both Isis and Heru. The name Asur is a compound of the names Isis and Heru. The name Asur is derived from Hiss and Ur, the hiss of the app, and the whir of the hawk, whir, W-H-I-R-R, whirring sound of hawkslings. The hawk god and serpent goddess were powerful symbols in pagan religion and culture. The hiss of the app and the whir of the hawk's wings are powerful and meaningful sounds in our language even to this day. The serpent goddess Isis is the same person as Biblical Eve who spoke to the serpent in the Garden of Eden. Wait a second. I just read that part. Okay, let me, let me, sorry about that. Um, so that was E, but paganism holds the opposite view. Evolution was Iris, excuse me, evolution was Isis's great virtue. Isis didn't cause the fall of man downward 
from a pristine state of grace. Ivis, Isis raised it. Yeah, I just read that before. Okay, but this is important about this double thing, right? Everything, everything is double, right? Okay, and uh, they have these things called matuscal letters or heaven symbols. The goddess is of heaven. The magical letter S, S represents Isis in her persona as a goddess of double wisdom. The minuscule letter S, that's a small letter S, is an earth symbol. It is a picture of a cobra snake. The letter S derives, derives its serpentine shape and serpentine sound from the cobra. The serpent goddess is a goddess of double wisdom. She is the essence of two in all things. The so-called Arabic number two is a picture of a cobra poised to strike. Adding the letter S, the hiss of the ass, to any noun begets two nouns. The name of Isis, the essence of the goddess, and the hiss of the app are essential parts of any la of our language. The word essence is composed of Isis and Ince, Isis and Sun. Wow, I, I can't follow that. The suffix Ince is a compound. The word science is a compound of the Sun of Isis and two hisses of the ASP. This is just crazy complicated stuff, but this is what these people believe, right? So it's best to not ignore it, right? So they're talking about, just in recap here, so you can go look for yourself. <laughs> um, the hisp of the asp and the whir of the hawk's rings, okay? Are natural sounds that have become structural parts of our language and culture. And um, the, the names, the hiss and er, it names Osiris, Cirrus, Caesar, Caesar, Cyprus, Cyrus, excuse me. Um, so yeah, they really, uh, they have this whole name thing. I would encourage you, if you're into names, to go um, take a look at it. Um, so, and then I have some of these symbols because it's not just about just the snake, okay? Um, Um, because, um, for example, Uranus is derived from the year and the hiss sound, right? This stuff is, these people are just crazy for these symbols and stuff, okay? And you see all these dragon symbols all over the place, right? Dragons all over the place. A dragon is a winged reptile. The dragon is an evolved form of the Uraeus sun, U-R-A-U-E-S sun wing. The Uraeus is a combined form of Heru and Isis, the hawk of God and serpent goddess. Isis and Heru together are the dragons of pagans. Okay, the Isis and Heru, the words you're looking for, okay? <laughs> when, I, when I found those two words, man, my eyes were just whirling all the information out there, okay? So this is where we get these you see all, all over the place, these Chinese dragons, Siamese dragons, Welsh dragons, Mexicans dragons, all trace their source to the same source. 
even the winged dragons um, in Mexico. So yeah, there's a lot to these winged dragons and they are all relate to the pagan family. So clearly, and this is just my on the fly interpretation here is, um, well, I think when we're looking at those dragons and stuff, we're, we're worshiping the same thing they are, which would be a satanic image, right? So, um, yeah, it starts to make a lot more sense because those dragons are everywhere. Um, the dragon sound, the dragon's name, it went on to say we were all children of that dragon. The dragon that St. George slew in England was the pagan dragon of Isis and Heru. The name Irish is derived from Ur-Hiss, the whir of hawk's wings and the hiss of the ass. The snakes that St. Patrick drove out of Ireland were children of the serpent goddess Eve. So, uh, yeah, I think that um, pretty much these people believe that uh, this Eve, the pagan, and all that. So let's take a look at the letter S, okay? Consider the English letter S. First of all, it looks like a snake or serpent, right? One that has risen up and ready to strike as if it's viewed from overhead. So, yeah, interesting how the snake... In a 3D space, it looks like a spiral. Both paths and energy follow. The letter S is used in English to denote possession, which is Satan's speciality by placing it at the end of a word with an apostrophe. Plurality or the concept of multiplication or creation is achieved by appending an S or ES to the word. These two facts compiled with the sheer number of words in our language mean the S sound is one of the most, if not single, most frequently uttered sounds in our speech. Although the vowels are used frequently, they have more than one sound associated with them. Virtually every sentence we speak contains one or more of these hissing sounds. It would not be accurate to say we sound like hissing Excuse me. It would not be accurate to say we sound like hissing snakes when we speak, but our incessant hissing probably reminds us of it at some level subconsciously. <laughs> I just love learning new things. Not only does the letter S physically represent the snake or serpent, phonetically it even sounds like a snake, and that it does. You know, I learned when I moved here that we have um, garden snakes or garter snakes. And um, at first it freaked me out. And um, <laughs> but they don't hear. Snakes don't hear. So what you want to do is you always want to make a lot of noise. And you want to get vibrating noises because that vibrating will draw their attention to you because they don't have ears. <laughs> so um, it's pretty interesting that they don't have ears, but we, we can hear them, right? It sounds exactly like the hissing sound of a snake when it shakes its tail. The word hiss even ends in a double S. And of course, the words snake and serpent are both S words as well as Satan, who the Bible says took the form of a snake. He was said to have told mankind a secret, that man would not die if he ate of the fruit. Of course, when you want to tell someone a secret, you say, Psst, come here. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, or if you want to keep it, the dollar sign is a standard symbol for English currency. Money is said to be the root of all evil, which of course money, the dollar sign is an S, right? Not only does the S look like a snake and sound like a snake, which is known for shedding its skin, but nearly all words that begin with the letter S have a negative connotation associated with them. That is why they can be considered S words or swords because they can kill and injure like a sword. These S words are a seal or stamp associated with Satan, Satan slang, or S slang. The word lang is defined in the dictionary as an abbreviation for the word language. Satan the snake or serpent, also known as Set, S-E-T, slithers about striving to snatch, steal, or strip us of our souls or spirits and is obsessed with possessing or seizing them. <laughs> I'll read that again. I'm sitting in a new position, so I'm hopefully not cutting myself off, but I have this compulsive need to continue checking. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Spring is finally here in Nebraska. You know, with the train sound, and um, sometimes you'll hear children um, children in the background. It's because I live, up, I live next to the elementary school here in town. And in the past, I didn't over-identify noises like that. Because, well, why would I wonder if you know exactly where I lived, right? <laughs> because I'm in a small town. You figure out where the elementary school is, you pretty much have got part of your problem solved, right? <laughs> but I've taken another view because um, obviously the killer knows where I live, so <laughs> what difference does it make, right? And we're on slippery ice around here. So, <laughs> so let me get back to the slippery stuff. So, uh, so Satan is also known as Set slithers about striving to snatch, steal, or strip us of our souls or spirits and is obsessed with possessing or seizing them. He or she is subtle, sly, sneaky, slick, slippery, scaly, secretive, scary, spins, spirals, or screws into your soul and possesses you and seizes your spirit. Speech is his peach. I keep saying there's something about this language they got us to start using, okay? Speech is his peach, and when we speak, Satan is at his peak as far as deception is concerned. The word possesses, obsesses, seizes, contains a multiple S sound and are words pertaining to control. <laughs> the word S, which is E-S-S, which is defined as the pronunciation for the letter S, becomes the word S, E-S-S-E, -S -E, when a silent E is added. The word S means to be, which is where we get the word essence, and the word essay, which is sort of a written speech and comes from the old French essay, E-S-A-I, which means to put to a test, which is what Satan did to Jesus in the wilderness. The suffix ness, that's N-E-S-S, -S, also means a state of being. 
like loneliness or business. It's interesting that the Loch Ness in Scotland is said to contain a serpent creature named Nessie, N-E-S-S-I-E, which nests, nest, <laughs> there's so many S's, which, which nests there. Yes, Satan certainly is a busy nest when it comes to the business world and show business. And he specializes in monkey business. One should keep this in mind before wishing for goodness. A partial list of S-words. Sunshine, soul, spirit, Satan, Samuel, set, sin, serpent, snake, salamander, hisses, siren, spell, steel, scales, shed, skin, slithery, slimy, slip, slide, shake, strike, scare, sly, sneak, stealth, secret, subtle, slash, slice, slay, slip, shoot, strip, smack, smite, sword, spook, Possesses, obsesses, spin, screw, smell, say, speak, salacious, spiral, psh, and sh shit, I mean. <laughs> Jesus. They, they really did say that. It said shit, I mean, <laughs> sheesh. It's not easy to think of positive S-words and double S-words or even worse. The swastika resembles two S's in the word swastika has two of them in number. The Nazis and the SS... Yeah, oh, and the SS, which looks like lightning bolt. So, yeah, these S's. The Nazis use those SS's. Um, and, um, okay, a little more history. If you, if you don't know enough about snakes yet, let me keep filling you in here. The shape of the letter S was inspired by a certain snake called a puff adder. P-U-F-F adder. A-D-D-E-R. It has long to be been considered to be Africa's most dangerous snake because of its aggressive, large, and has strong poison and will bite. If disturbed, the puff adder will hiss continuously, hold its head in a taunt S-shape ready to strike. The African puff adder has the S sound and the S-shaped all rolled up inside it. So the puff adder snake has it all. It has the snake. <laughs> okay. The S, symbolic meanings. S stands for signs, symbolism, seer, serenity, sexuality, seance, senses, soon, suddenly, soul, spirit, spirituality, supernatural, sun, sixth, sixth century, several, socialism, sea, scene, sail, soaring, simple, soulmate, ship. I think I just read that. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. The letter S is symbolically of the sacred serpents, according to esoteric Egyptian teachings. In the occult teachings, S is the symbol. Excuse me. S is the symbol of Ouroboros. That's O-U-R-O-B-O-R-U-S, which represents the circle of life death and fertility it's also associated with s in the hebrew alphabet which is the symbol of a serpent or dragon swallowing its own tail well i really have to admit the letter s 
pretty significant to these people. And also, another little thing, and I didn't figure working this out, so I'm not, I'm a little fuzzy on this one, okay? Um, um, I thought that you could do a letter S backwards and make the letter 8, but I'm feeling, um, anyway, so the letter 8 and S's, I don't know. But anyway, so, okay, we have the OSS, that was the Office of Strategic Services. That was around in 1942-45 time frame, OSS, right? Interestingly enough, on the plaque at the CIA, they have a King James Version Bible quote, which I will read to you in case it makes any sense to you. It's John 8, colon 3, 2. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hmm. I don't know what that has to do with the CIA, but there you go. Okay. Um, and then I'll finish up with some of this SS business, okay? Um, and the Nazi party, we had the SS. The SS was the... I'm sorry to feel like I'm lisping. I'm having a hard time. Um, <laughs> the SS was abbreviation of Studenschneider. And uh, in German, it means protective echelon, okay? And the SS were the black uniformed elite corps and self-described political soldiers of the Nazi party. And they started, they were founded by Hitler or Walt Disney, or however you want to look at this, in April 1925 as a small personal bodyguard. Yeah, okay. Um, then we have the U.S. Secret Service, Federal Law Enforcement Agency under the Department of Homeland Security. It used to be under somebody else. Uh, we also have um, something called the Black Sun, which is a type of sun well out of Germany. The, there was a small guard unit called the Saul Schutz, which started this whole thing with his SS business. Every, everything is coming up S's, right? The SS was the organization most responsible for the genocidal murder of an estimated 5.5 to 6 million Jews. Boy, they were pretty busy, weren't they? Um, I think the SS... Um, well, anyway, so... Uh, we got the SS in Germany. I mean, the SS could, go, I could go on for the next week talking about SS. So um, I'd encourage you to look around because why does S look like a snake? What is this all about? What is this all about? Uh, so the SS were a pretty significant part of what was going on in Germany, if you ask me. And remember, the Secret Service, we had the. Um, I don't know, it all, it all started with the Pinkertons who came up with this SS business. So, not sure where to leave it. And I'm going to play an interesting clip for you now because um, there's this song. And um, this song could either be the, um, the song for the new Matrix to convince people that they're being watched. Or it could be the new theme song for the CIA. You know, the folks out at DARPA. Or it could be um, the ultimate stalker relationship. Um... And that's what I'm going to close with because I think I have exhausted everything I want to say about snakes, um, S's, just a lot to unpack.
um, this whole thing is coded for some particular reason and it's all some big game board we're, we're, we're playing on the game board and all these little clues should leave us to some sort of mystery and you have to kind of wonder why is the animal which which would be a snake why is that particular animal worn on the exact same people who are in charge of the eugenics right I would say that the medical people are primarily in charge of the eugenics deal and why are they all wearing snakes well it certainly signifies them as some elevated position would you say because I don't think I don't know I look for a long time I haven't seen any companies or people who would consider using those emblems in their logo for all the reasons I've been talking about today it has a certain type of image that a normal rational kind of a person would not apply to that so I believe they think they're doing hexes on us and all this kind of stuff so there is a lot of power to these presentations so do they have any hexes on us well maybe on some people who are sitting all day just drumming away on social media but anyway so just for fun let me play this song because <laughs> it could either be a cia theme song or um, your last boyfriend was the worst stock around earth and um so anyway so i'm, I'm not sure what to say right now uh, I, I don't know the last show I wasn't sure that I had anything else to say and then I have all this other stuff to say so I'll just keep rolling along see where we go oh wait a second here this always involves having to plug something in which always trips me up right this is where it would be dangerous to um, do any kind of um, mental evaluation because if I were to go and complain about things and get mental evaluation <laughs> they'd probably lock me up but anyway so exactly what they want you to think okay they want you to think that everything is all organized and they're just gonna rain down anybody's head any second now <laughs> it is a magic trick a huge huge magic trick and if you think these same people that oh I don't know have done things like lost census records <laughs> pretty 
pretty badly keeping track of things. You know, right now they're in the process of polluting our entire water system. I mean, they are pretty, pretty intent on getting rid of the rest of us. And just, just remember, it's not using all the things they want you to think they're using, right? It's using the simple. It's using the very, very simple things. They have not advanced since that bomb they threw on Japan, okay? They have absolutely not advanced. The only thing that's advanced is the size of bombs they're able to throw because remember, this is a human experiment. So as they went along, each of these bombs they've been throwing got bigger and bigger, right? Well, that was to test what they were doing with all of this nuclear stuff and the radiation. So everything that we've been going through up to this point has been a part of this huge human experiment. They've been pulling human experiments all along the way. And what an ideal target than the United States. A culture of people who think that they have it all, right? A culture of people who after World War II were convinced that this was the cat's meow, right? This was the place to be. And uh, it, it, just, it just created this illusion, right? That became very hard to, um, it became hard for everybody to see through because you know, with everything, they always throw the prosperity out there for a short period before they yank it back. What are they doing now? Well, all those raises they were giving people not that long ago, they're pulling them all back. It's a carrot and stick magic trick, okay? And they don't make money unless we make money for them. So just remember that every step along the way that they would be nowhere without us. So how we're going to take the position for the next few steps is a very individual thing. But I would encourage you to just stop and think. Get some space into your own brain. I just follow a little path. Jeez, after the last couple shows, I wasn't sure that I had anything to say, right? And then all of a sudden I start looking at maps and pretty soon I'm thinking, well, why are all these maps red? And then pretty soon I'm thinking, where's the S sign coming from, <laughs> you know? So, you know, just keep following the trail. Just keep looking. Just keep watching. And remember, they can only control us if we allow it to happen, right? And how do we allow that to happen? By not accessing our own base of information. Open up that pineal gland. You've got every answer you're ever going to want to need to know. Everything is working out as it should be. We're all playing a part on some board. I would encourage you to consider what exactly is your part on this board. Clearly, everybody on the world scene is all working together. But it, it appears like there could be some cracks showing because, hey, maybe the people of color are starting to see that under the reign of the white United States, they're not going to do so well in the future as their population is now going to move into complete financial collapse and starvation. So, well, you know, that is the path that's on is financial collapse and starvation. So. Are any of these countries going to stand up and say, hey, not for us? <laughs> I don't know. All I'm saying is that I'm just sharing as I go along and interesting times ahead. And just always remember this. And I have to say this to myself numerous times during the day because having this going on with this radiation in my home has been extraordinarily complicated, okay? And when things get very hard, I tell myself, this is just an illusion. Just take a breath and keep moving one step in front of the other step. And most importantly, keep listening. 
keep listening. You have every answer you're ever going to want to know. And let that be your guide. We got here because we started listening to obviously the wrong people, correct? So anyhow, so I would just encourage you to open up your own brainwaves and your own ability to think and see what this is going to be about. It's clearly a very coded message. I mean, they put a lot of work into all this stuff, even just with this S business, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, these are pretty dangerous people. So um, th there's something about this whole board game that I don't know why, right? Something happened in the past, and these people have some vengeance to want to displace us and whoever created us and create their own people is seems to me like the simple answer to all this and um well they're they're they're, they're coming at it with some um well it's going to be tricky for them in the future because they've gotten away with treating people like this in countries like china and russia and stuff and this will be the first taste of it happening in this country so not going to get into fortune telling but just try to remember that this is all just a big stage act and we can do this we got it we got it and in the meantime you know where you're going to find me you are going to find me, and I am going to be sitting on a dock somewhere. And, of course, if I have a hundred new ideas, I'll be back soon. But here we go. Um, because, like I said, every show I think, well, I think I'm done with all this, right? And then, <laughs> S's, who would have thought S's and snakes would be so complicated, right? So, um, just sit back, see what's going to happen, and if nothing else... Just focus on protecting the most vulnerable. Sitting in the morning sun I'll be sitting in the evening come Watching the ships roll in And then I'll watch them roll away Sitting on the dock of a bay, watching the tide roll away. Sitting on the dock of a bay, wasting time. I left my home in Georgia, headed for the Frisco Bay. Sit at the dock of a bay, watching the 